Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to It Never Gets Old, a firsthand account of all things secondhand fashion, handbags, now skincare, candles, perfume, mattresses for all we know. Who knows where this podcast is going? And sustainable. I'm your host, Meredith Feynman, and I am joined by my producer, Bestie in the Westie, Sarah Lane. Hi, Mare. I really hope I don't have to buy a secondhand mattress anytime soon. My mattress is still in pretty good shape. But you know what? You never know what's on the horizon. You never know. And, you know, you can listen to our entire backlog. We've been doing this every week since April. Whether you're thinking about buying secondhand, you know, Chanel or secondhand moisturizer or, in my case, secondhand candles. I bought another candle today. I have to stop. (laughs) I, like, don't even know what it is. I have to stop. God, I just, who knows what we're going to start buying secondhand, truly. I mean, maybe I'll get into home stuff. People ask me about that all the time. I don't know. My jam is fashion, clothing, accessories, handbags, now some beauty stuff. I've got you covered, and we've really covered a lot of topics over the past however many months we've been doing this together, Sarah. Yeah, we really have. I have not only learned a lot more about the platforms that can come in handy when when you're dabbling, you just kind of like, maybe I want to buy something that just isn't full price, but perfectly works for what I'm looking for. That's been a lot of fun. But yeah, getting into some of the verticals that you just wouldn't think necessarily wouldn't have been top of mind for me, such as skincare, thriving market. Uh, And the more we talk about this and the more I produce the show, the more I learn and potentially the more I save if I'm if I'm listening to all your exemplary advice. Thank you. And I've been, you know, buying and selling secondhand for truly 20 years. So the next step for you, Sarah, is to start making money on your stuff. Maybe we'll do an adventure and Sarah sells things. But, you know, the buying, it's only the half of it. Then you start leveling up and and start selling. But today I wanted to talk about sort of how you can do anything to anything. Alternatively titled, How I've Ruined Lots of Clothing. All things customization, couture, and alterations um, because the truth is nothing is set in stone when it comes to fashion. I talked a little while back about the jumpsuit 
that I had made for my brother's wedding uh, this past September. And this jumpsuit, which is now a prized possession, uh, the top half is self-portrait that has been reworked. And the bottom half is a pair of Sandro pants. Uh, stitched together, new zipper down the back, ripped it all off. I ended up selling the... People want self-portrait so badly that I ended up selling the pants on Poshmark and someone bought them just as like pants. Um, so that was pretty rad. But the second I did that, you know, my jumpsuit has no value. However, I use it to explain that basically you can do anything to anything. And the, one of the reasons why I altered that in that way is that there's no stretch. And that's so true of a lot of secondhand stuff, particularly if you're getting into vintage. But do not fret. You can just get it taken out. You can really alter anything. I mean, Sarah, when was the last time you heavily altered a garment, if ever? Oh, lots. As I've mentioned on the show once or 500 times, I'm a tiny person. So if I buy a pair of jeans that are capri they might be around the right length, but anything, especially, you know, the, some of the nicer denim brands, any of those uh, jeans, even in the tallest heels, even in platform shoes, probably on stilts, gonna be too long for me. Gotta alter them. And when you alter jeans, and it depends on the jeans and it depends on who you're working with, you know, if you just kind of cut them off, it can be weird. It changes the shape of everything. So I have lots of experience with fancy jeans, trendy jeans, jeans that are ripped, jeans that have, you know, racing stripe down the side and how alterations sometimes work really well and sometimes don't. Yeah, I have a really bad, bad track record of just lopping things off all the time. I hosted a dinner uh this week and I wore a new vintage boiler suit that's like really a vintage boiler suit I have to get it made smaller it's just too big like I could really I I look I looked it, it was borderline like costumey but I, <laughs> I loved it but I was trying to wear it with suit, certain boots and I'm getting dressed and I didn't try it on before and and or it had been a minute since I purchased it at Wasteland in LA and it was too long and so I just whacked off the bottoms with scissors and it worked with these boots but then I took the boots off and I was like these are way too short like so now I have my two bottom pieces of fabric and I have to trudge back to the tailor and be like hey I did a dumb thing like can you please sew these back on wow so this is actually a thing that a tailor could fix your mistake Oh, yeah, I've whacked off everything. I should probably stop using the phrase whacked off. So <laughs> I have cut off everything. This means I have cut off so many pairs of jeans, like dresses, pairs of pants, like horrifying. If it's really bad, I'll get it fixed. There's this one like crappy thrift dress that I love that I don't know if it was originally Urban Outfitters or what, but it was really long and I just made it really short and the bottom ends are fraying and I'm just like, man, I don't care. It's a look. I like love this dress so much and I don't like any dresses. And so I'm like, it's fine. It was 20 bucks. Like I'm happy to do it. But like, don't be like me. One thing you should consider doing because anything can be altered or tailored or made to fit to you if you're willing to spend the money is to find a good tailor. I go to Cheryl Lofton in DC if you're listening and you live in Washington. I will also recommend alteration specialists in New York City. They did a very, very big, high, 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 high end, almost couture adjacent order for someone that I sent to them. And she spent a lot of money, but she said they did a very good job. And, and be sure to like scope that tailor out before you have them like rework something. I love Cheryl. She 
is someone who has been a tailor for a very long time. She was a tailor to um, a a sort of like indie name woman named Michelle Obama when she was in the White House. <laughs> uh, so so she's good at she's good at what she does, and she's she's a real DC staple. But she'll tell me also when something is just like not going to happen. I'll bring her like amazing vintage jeans, which actually I still need to send to you, Sarah, because they will fit you. They won't fit me. She's like, it's just not going to happen, Meredith. Like I bring her pants, like power pantaloons from everywhere and make her like fix all of them. Uh, But it's really great to have a good tailor. Like, I I love her. You mentioned these jeans. Tis the season. But I know that you're sending them to me because they're too small for you. Because I'm a little pea brain and you're a a tall gazelle. So my question is, even with the best tailor, you can take something in pretty easily if they know what they're doing. But how do you take something out? Yes. So it is much easier to get things taken in than it is to get them taken out. That doesn't mean you can't. In this case, these jeans are like... It's not even about my being my having longer legs. It's not a short legs thing. It's just a size. They're too they're like for a size 24 or 25. Like they're it's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. It's not happening. <laughs> and I really loved the wash and I bought them in France and I like could put them on but like there was like, you know, 5 inches between like like my hoo-ha was like out and I was like, "Yeah, but you know what? I'll just get them fixed." And you can't do that in denim. Like it it doesn't work that way. It's not a malleable fabric. So always consider the fabric you're buying when you're thinking about altering, you know, something. But you can always buy more fabric and then continue to alter it. Just denim, like you can't really work with nearly as much because it's not a material with any give and it's like a highly specific silhouette. So you can do anything to anything, but you are risking a garment. So the second I did this to my jumpsuit, um, I don't know what, if any, resale value it would have. Like, it's perfectly fit to me. I spent a bazillion dollars on it. I ostensibly won't ever get rid of it, but it's like two brands smushed together, which kind of cancel each other out. They're both like high-end brands that are sought after, but when you put them together in a garment that like isn't supposed to exist, I would imagine the resale value of that totally tanks. So that's something you have to think about when you are altering something. That also can change just the resale value, even if you're only altering it a little bit, which I which I will get into. But one of my greatest risks that I did was, Sarah, did you know you can like dye a lot of leather stuff? Have you ever dyed leather stuff? No, gosh, no. Uh, that sounds kind of fun. <laughs> like it's like finger painting time because we're gonna mess it up anyway. But no, I've I've never delved into that. So. I had a family friend that gave me a pair of fry boots that she had never worn. They were a hideous color. <laughs> a hideous color. What? what like, they were like, like, what's a, the color? What's the bad color? It was like a yellowy brown. It was like... Oh, like baby diarrhea. My dog's... Yeah. yeah, like my dog's diarrhea. Like, if it's real bad, shout out Bean. Sorry to, like, really, you know, dox you like that on the podcast. But it was, like, just a very unsightly color. And I would I don't know why she bought them. And I can imagine why she never wore them. So I took them to a shoemaker. And in the way that you got to find, like, a great tailor, find the great shoe person, he dyed them black for 40 bucks, I think. And they're great. Still have them. Uh, they're just beautiful black fry boots. Uh, so I was like, all right, I can do this. You can do this. So then I made a really big risk, which was that I have a Parenza Schooler PS1 bag, which was really big, I guess, in the like early 2010s. God, we're now referring to it 
like that as we get into 2020. And it was brown. I wanted a black one, but I found a brown one at TJ Maxx, which was like, it's a hard thing to find a TJ Maxx, or at least it was. Yeah, I would would say so. That's a good find. And for 85 bucks, I had someone dye it black. And it worked. I was completely risking like destroying this bag and or like any markers because I buy things to think about how they will have resale value so but it turned out great I wore it for years I still have it because I don't think I'll get rid of it and it's now like kind of faded a little into a really cool unique brown black color so that is something you can always do now it might totally like when you're doing any of these alterations big ones dyeing cutting unless it's something that everyone is dying for it is going to affect the resale value so you know if it's a pair of redone jeans that you've cut off like those are already like vintage Levi's like I'm not concerned about that but anything you can make major major changes to especially if you're going to do it on a platform that is more just like luxury centric. Now with thrift stuff, whatever, there are people chopping and screwing stuff on the internet. It's so cool. There was this jacket I wanted to buy on Poshmark where this guy had like made this vintage denim jacket, but the pockets were Louis Vuitton leather, like with the with the print. Mm. He had totally made this custom thing. It was really cool. I mean, there are a lot of people making awesome things out of putting different things together. Like the future of fashion is nothing new. Like how awesome, how sustainable, how thoughtful. Someone else bought it. It was too expensive. There's no way I was buying that. But you can really, like a lot of people don't realize that none of this is set in stone. You know, you mentioned fry boots and on Poshmark, because I knew I was moving uh, to a more uh, rural area, a little bit more what of a woodsy feel to put it mildly. Uh, and I wanted a, a pair of just like really nice riding boots, you know, just kind of wintry boots. And fry boots I found on Poshmark. They were a brown that I wasn't crazy about, but like I didn't hate, you know, it wasn't that like uh, your dog's diarrhea color kind of thing. It was just sort of like, eh, that wasn't totally the shade I was looking for, but they're pretty close. In the words of my grandfather, uh, Shatanya Brown. <laughs> yeah. So th- these were these were more of a sort of a, a deep chestnut. Again, not a bad color, but n- wouldn't have been my first choice were I buying them new. Knowing that I could dye them a different shade of brown and over time they might become this kind of unique uh, we've created a new brown color. That's super cool. Uh, and because I did buy them because they were such a good price, I was like I need these. They're they're almost perfect, but not quite. So, you know, it gives me like a, it's like a little craft project. Totally. I mean, you should not do that yourself. You should take that to a shoe guy and those chemicals are very smelly. I mean, ostensibly you could do it yourself. Like I'm not that far into DIY. Like I, my, I really need someone. If you're in an ever gets old listener and you know how to sew, like, please, please, I would love some sewing lessons because my only alteration abilities include taking something to the tailor uh, or just scissors. Scissors, I have one move and it is scissors. And, you know, it really ruins some things. And, you know, then it's then it's okay. One thing also that is true, no matter what kind of boobs you got, you can always sew bras into things. That's something that I don't see people like. I remember I did that with my my prom dress, but um, I see it done all the time. One of the tailors at my tailor shop, who I love, is always doing like bridal fittings. And he, I've seen him do this multiple times where like the person's wearing a bra and he's fitting them with like the wedding dress they've bought. He's like, do you like this bra? And if they give any form of hesitation, he just starts cutting the straps off. 
he's like, well, it's going in the dress. Uh, so so you can you can do that with anything. You can sew a bra into anything. You can sew bones into anything, which means like sort of like a corsety, making something structured. Like if you want to spend the time and the money, like and you just like something, like you can do anything to it. I'm trying to think of stuff I've done done to other stuff. You can move buttons moved lots of buttons you can repair and patch things I have these redone jeans that I honestly I just have to give them up I've sewn the butt so many times and somehow still my butt is out so Sarah I don't think those will fit you but they, they <laughs> what, might just have what do you mean, they might just have to what do you go. mean your butt is out like what what's out <laughs> <laughs> it's just like some slice of cheek it's like not it's not like yeah, full it, touch it's just, yeah, I did, it's I, but I have ripped and it's you know when you're dealing with vintage denim and there's no stretch also at some point the fabric's just too old and it like kind of just rips um, you got to figure out what kind of fabric you're working with and how you want to alter things but don't like especially with thrift stuff or vintage stuff don't worry about the sizing as much we've had lots of conversations about like sizing and how it's all bullshit anyway but you can just always get something made to you uh, but then, you know, in it never gets old form thinking about like what that means for the longevity of a garment and or making money on it. So what about the resale value of something that has been altered? That's something that's actually really important to ask. It's something you might not think about when you're looking at a garment or you're looking at something. You should ask if it's been altered. Sometimes you can tell. Because of the way things are sewn, if it's older, you can kind of tell if things have been moved. Um, but that's something like you that people don't think to ask, which like if you're making all these alterations and people potentially have, um, you you need to ask and and consider, the, you know, no matter what you're buying, whether or not it has been altered, because there have been times where something will say it's a certain size and it's been taken in. I'm like, oh, there's no way like this is tiny. It's funny that you mentioned sewing bras into things. There there was a dress that I had bought. It was like Ella Moss or something. It wasn't that high end, but it was really cute. And you know, I paid for it full price. Kind of flapper dressy. You'd wear it to Coachella type thing. And it had one of those built-in bras, like a bralette. And it was weird because like my boobs weren't big enough. It, so it actually didn't really work. It just looked weird. But it was in there, so if I wore a bra underneath it, it was too much fabric. And I ended up just ditching the whole thing because I was like, well, it wasn't made for me. But uh, now that I know, I should have gotten it altered because I could have just gotten that part altered because the rest of the dress worked out fine. Totally. And you can always add things to things, take them away. You do need to be upfront about that when you're selling things, though. So yeah. uh, there have been times, you know, sometimes and it's so funny because there's like a whole I mean, you can buy anything on the Internet, but secondhand fancy buttons like people are always selling Chanel buttons. So like you can sew Chanel buttons onto like a, you know, thrift blazer. You just can't advertise it as Chanel like that's not cool. But, you know, it's funny when they were taking apart my jumpsuit, they were using a seam ripper, which is like a little hook that, you know, pulls out the seams and then you just see that you know sometimes you don't you want to treat your garments well and use nice hangers and you know get them dry cleaned but at the end of the day you can rip anything apart it's just fabric um it can be very expensive fabric or it can be very expensive and you've you know but if you like something enough you can you can always you know get stuff done to it so so we we've said that you know taking things in is easy 
taking things out is more difficult but doable so you need to check uh, if you're trying to use the original fabric and again you want to make sure you have a tailor that is you, that you trust so so do some smaller projects before you do anything big um, but usually in a dress or in a pair of pants if you look at one of the seams there's a little bit extra fabric and there you'll be able to tell how much room you actually have like there was a pair of amazing vintage Ungaro pants that I got at this secondhand shop in the Hamptons in the Hamptons. So they were like, it belonged to some extra fancy lady and they were too small and there was a teeny bit of fabric in the back and I had them taken out and it was still too small. And then I had to sell them. So like, make sure you're not in that scenario because then you're just spending a bunch of money and it's a waste. Like you, you got to check how much fabric is, is actually there. And I, and even when you have extra fabric and you can identify that, it's not like there's going to be more than an inch, right? I mean, that would be a lot. Yeah, sometimes there's an inch, an inch and a half. Um, and, and then in some of those cases, if you're trying to take things out, you can match the fabric. I mean, you can go to mood.com, which famously is where they shop on Project Runway. I mean, a lot of this stuff, when I was in Paris and Montmartre, like where City on the Hill, where, where they honestly buy everything for every brand or if they're not sourcing it from China. I mean, you can just look for stuff that's similar and that matches and you can always get that sewn in. But a lot of this stuff is is designed to, to fit a certain way. And then once you once you go too far out, then it just like it just might look like not the design anymore. You know, you want to. You, so so again, those pants are going to Sarah because they're just never sometimes sometimes it's just never never happening. Um, but you want to inquire about resale value and you want to be very upfront about it when you are selling something. So for the most part, it's hard to sell stuff that's been heavily, heavily altered. But if it is a name brand, like sometimes that's okay. One time, because my only move is scissors, I cut off the bottom of a Isabel Marant sweater and somehow the real real still took it. Um, shh don't tell anyone or I'm just telling everyone in a public forum. Um, so like sometimes you can sneak it by, but certainly, and I had to, had to let a client know that she should not do this with her very, very beautiful, very, very expensive things that are designer. Uh, rip the tags off. Do not rip the tags off. The second the tag pops off of something and she, you know, she had bought, you know, was buying insanely gorgeous like Givenchy blazers at full price I was like oh my god please don't take the tags off and rip them and throw them in the garbage please I know that she's like they're uncomfortable I was like I don't care like but now yeah. she's learned yeah. learned about Wear resale value or something yeah resale value the tags matter so much it's so it's so funny Sarah did you ever have beanie babies no I was no I I mean I, I'm aware of the craze I'd cabbage patch kids. So I, I understand the, the collection aspect of what beanie babies were at one point. Well, there was this whole thing also. I I was heavy into the beanie baby. And there was this whole thing where you couldn't take the tag off. Uh, and the second you took the tag off, there was no value anymore, which like that whole thing was a scam. They didn't retain any value. Like it it was just something that like scarcity that millennials like thought we're really going to like take them into retirement. Maybe that's why like none of us can afford to buy homes because like we just spent all our money on beanie babies and they were a bad investment. But same idea, like keep any tags. If you have to alter something and the tag moves, sew it back on. 
Uh, sew it back on because if it's a name brand, it has to have that tag in there. If it hops off, like you're screwed. Well, and I've, I've been on the other side of this, especially since, again, I'm still testing out the seller waters, but I am deep into the buying waters. And when something doesn't have a tag, I immediately think something's weird here. Even if it's not, even if it's super original. And yeah, like you said, uh, tag, uh, something got altered, tag, or tag just kind of fell off or whatever. I immediately think somebody's trying to pull one over on me. I'm not buying this. Yeah. I mean, it can also definitely work in your advantage if there's some marker that it is that designer somewhere and the tag isn't on it. I mean, we're also obsessed with labels. I mean, my, I mean, I'm mostly just talking, I'm talking about myself, you know, that, that that like label makes a difference and sometimes you know always when we're shopping you have to like you know be like well if this weren't so and so brand like would i even look twice at it but you are potentially like priming this stuff to sell it again if you are thinking about how you can you know participate in this sort of like circular fashion economy and you know it never does get old it has that another you know shelf life and gets recycled and gets you know upcycled or whatever cycled term they're using these days one thing i did once which was super cool was that i I do something called uh, shoulder pad open heart surgery, which is just where I cut out the shoulder, cut like cut holes in, in the armpits and rip out the shoulder pads of stuff. Um, again, someone teach me how to sew for the love of God, because this is bad. Anyway, I did this in a Givenchy couture blazer. Um, and, but then I spent the money and had them sewn back up and then sold it. Sometimes you can get away with it, but you need to be careful. They're going to get, they is in like consignment stores. So like altered stuff, if you're selling it yourself online, you disclose it and you sell it for a little less and you're fine. If you're trying to sell it to a consignment store or you're trying to send it to the real real, they're going to crack down on that. If it's an inch here, inch there, and it's a high end brand, it doesn't matter you know but they're going to be particularly you know pants have no resale value so any pants that have been like intensely taken in or taken out and and you need to be you need to be careful of all that one reason why i wanted to highlight couture in this episode was that like i think some people don't realize that you can also just get stuff totally made for you i mean couture doesn't have to mean like high-end designer couture that's like thousands of dollars handmade one-off to fit you there are plenty of people um everywhere i will i will drop the link in the episode description but her name is mara berenger um and she runs something called easy does it where she like makes really cool thrift secondhand clothing and can like make stuff like for you to you she did some of the um art designs on my on meredithfeynman.com uh and she's just like a fantastic like artist and or artisan but you can basically also get anything made. I had a family friend that loved a certain pair of Armani silk pants and she just went and bought silk and had someone like make five other pairs for her. So like that's also an option, Sarah, like just get someone to make a bunch of stuff for you. Yeah, because I don't have any sewing skills either, Mare. I never took home ec. I don't know where I was, but I just don't even know how to sew on a button. So it can't be me. That would be a great skill. I don't know. I'll take it up one day. I'll buy a secondhand sewing machine. But until then, uh, that that would work perfectly fine. You like the pants? Just make more. There's this pair of silk pants, vintage silk pants that I got from a consignment shop in Paris. And I'm convinced they are the best silk pants to ever exist. I want to sell them. Um, They're perfect. Uh, stay tuned for my power pantaloon business. I like. I don't even know if they can be replicated. They're so perfect. 
Um, but other things you can do to your stuff, like embroider things. I had a redone jacket that when I was in Montmartre in Paris, I walked into some guy's like embroidery shop and I was like, hey, can you like put mare on this? He's like, yeah, 20 euros. I'm like, great, here's my jacket. And I'm doing that for another denim jacket for Brag Better for my book out in May, uh, May 19th, pre-ordered on Amazon. So like anything can be embroidered. Uh, you can put patches on stuff. I literally, this is so embarrassing. I only own an iron in order to like iron patches onto things. That's the only reason why I own an iron. I put stuff on denim jackets. I do it for friends. And I think it's a really fun thing. And I've seen some of your embroidery and it is marvelous. But I would I would say that that's going to just customize it so much to the point that the, pe- the pool of people who are going to buy that jacket afterwards ha- has shrunk quite a bit because it's because it's become a lot more personal. Totally. And you have to really think about like if you're going to like sell this stuff, like you can like with a seam ripper take out embroidery, but there are little holes there. So like all of this, you know, now if you're in like INGO mindset and thinking about how you might sell these things, you know, that's something to consider. But do not do what someone on the internet did, which I saw was that there was a beautiful Celine leather tote bag and I guess the front was stained. So she... Iron some patches onto it. And I was like, girl, nobody's gonna buy that from you for anything. You've completely ruined, like you, like that is something that has epic resale value, you know, and, and you'll hear an episode on how to buy and sell secondhand Celine, but like that is one of the most valuable brands. Like don't do any of this stuff to stuff that like people really wanna buy. Um, and she couldn't figure out why nobody would pay a lot of money for it. I'm like, because you, you can't remove those and you've completely changed and or ruined this handbag. I think it's really cool. Um, I think it looks really cool and it's super unique, but but please don't do that. Well, what would, if you said it was stained, what would her other options be to have it restained? Well, so it had some sort of markings, had some sort of staining on it. You could get it dyed. You yeah. could have it professionally cleaned. There are, so so another thing you can think about doing there, I need to, I think it's called the bag doctors. There's some very high end restoration handbag people. So if you buy a Chanel bag and the leather's ripped, they can like redo it. Like there, if you're gonna, you, if you'll spend the money, like you can get also anything repaired um, within reason, like you really can. There are people that will do stuff everywhere anywhere and it's just about making a choice and if something's heavily customized like you're getting your initials on it from a buyer perspective you can really get some great stuff for no money that has people's initials on it (laughs) because it's so specific now granted like you might just have a bag with someone else's initials on them um but you could ostensibly get that removed but I, I remember seeing some Goyard bags which were these just truly demonically expensive hand-painted handbags that I've never understood that someone was buying and it had her initials on them and you can't sell them for like anything. It like sucks for that person, but it also works for you. So it goes both ways for sure. And I will just sit here until the end of time in my jumpsuit that I love so much that I can never ever sell. us online at ingopodcast.com. There you will learn more about me, your host, Meredith Feynman, my producer, Sarah Lane, as well as links to our social media. We are at ingopodcast on both Twitter and Instagram. You can always email us, ask us a question, 
Let me know, you know, how it went that you took out a pair of pants or you destroyed something with scissors. Email us at hello at ingopodcast.com and we'll see you soon. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.